Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. GDIY 20 at checkout to save 20%. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I joke with people, um, you know, that are sort of in the WAM community. And, you know, when it comes to training a WAM, it's more like you have you have a conversation than giving commands. There's always something to debate or argue in the dog world, but there's this one thing that's not up for debate. All hunters and dog owners know you need the right gear, not just for yourself, but for your dogs as well. Conkey's Outdoors Hound and Hunting Supply is your number one source for all things hound related. Conkey's is owned and operated by true houndsmen themselves. They've got you covered no matter the game you're chasing from hog hunting, bear hunting, and even gator hunting. Bird dog guys don't feel left out either. They have whatever you need, whether it's training collars, tracking collars, boots, chaps, vests, coats, and more. No matter what you and your dog needs to have a successful hunt, check out conkeysoutdoors.com and they'll get you on the right track. Purchases over $100 gets you free shipping and enter GDIY5 to save 5%. And if you're a Patreon patron, you get to save even more money. So be sure to check out Conkeys Outdoors. Welcome back, everybody, to another week of GDIY. Joe is with me. Joe, glad that uh, <laughs> you're not falling asleep on me. How how is it over there right now? Uh, there's a there's a Billy String song. Nick, if you haven't listened to some Billy Strings, you need to. But there's a song I'll write that down. <laughs> yeah, where he starts off and he goes, "I haven't slept in seven days. I have an eight and three. That's how I feel right now." <laughs> Keeping you busy over there, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, my son, Caleb, born on uh, last Monday and uh, has been keeping us up, but uh, he's a future bird hunter. Uh, <laughs> my father-in-law has already got a Beretta picked out for him, so we're off to a good Pick, start. A Beretta picked out or has he already bought it? Uh, well, he wanted a... <laughs> he goes, we need to go get those babies. Uh, you know where you can get them kind of like dipped into where you can, can kind of get like a mold? Of the yeah. hands, and he's like, "Hey, yeah. we need to get one of those for like a keepsake, and then I need to take it over to the Breda Gallery uh, so I can get a <laughs> his, his shotgun, <laughs> his shotgun all set up for him." Oh man! Well, 
I'm, I'm sure you're having a lot of fun over there and I appreciate you hopping on real quick because I know you got a lot of lot of stuff going on right now. But, uh, you know, fortunately for you, this is going to be a real quick intro because uh, this week we have uh, our buddy Roland Blanding on here and we kind of went a little long on the episode. So a uh, short, little shorter episode, but it, it's fun. I, I was I've been wanting to get rolling on for a little while. It's um uh, you know, it's kind of a testament to Roland. He, he, he's a great example of if you get involved in, in NABDA or really any dog organization and, and you lend a hand, he's, he's always there mm-hmm. uh, volunteering with a good attitude. He's always there to help everybody out, and, and he's just along for the ride. If he's not helping put on the test or volunteer, he's out there taking pictures and, and you know, just offering those up to people. He really enjoys it, and it, he's honestly, you know, I met him him through NABDA. He, he's been one of my favorite people and contacts that I've met through uh, since I've been in the game. And uh, the trip that you're about to hear, he, he kind of went all over the country hunting birds this year for uh, close to two months. And it's a testament to, to him and uh, the contacts he's made over the years helping out around all the NABDA chapters and everything because it's everywhere he went, he had a had a friend and uh, an invite mm-hmm. to go hunting and it's it's really he's just uh, the epitome of what we preach about you you get involved and uh, you help people out and you know you, you're gonna have some good stuff come your way because of it yeah I remember uh, the first one that he went to I was still pretty 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 young and you know going to the NAVDA stuff and and uh, he he brought out his wired herd Vishla and I was like, what is that thing? <laughs> I think yeah. I asked you and you're like, this wired herd Vishla. And I was like, oh, I've never, never even heard of those before. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a fun one. We we really just kind of recap his, his long trip and uh, what he learned and introducing his uh, his young uh, wine pup and kind of continuing on with his wired herd Vishla. But hope you guys enjoy it. It's a it's a good one. And uh, yeah, so we'll keep this intro kind of short. Uh, what do you think, Joe? Should I throw a, a quick tip of the week at them or uh, just go on into the episode? I think we'd get a lot of angry emails and Instagram messages if you did not. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah, again, guys, if you have a good tip of the week uh, to throw out here that you think will help other people, it can be training, hunting, uh, gear related, whatever, just throw them our way. Uh, this one, it's it's actually just going to kind of come from me, something that I, I was told by Norm Prima way back in the day when I was first starting out. And uh, this time of year, you know, there's, there's not a lot of daylight and and, uh, you know, I was wanting to work duck, duck search through the winter and uh, just didn't have a bunch of opportunities. And what he advised me to do is use the uh, nighttime to our advantage. So go in your backyard, uh, feel close by something that uh, the dog can't see and uh, go go put some objects out there, training objects. And, and you, you can get creative and uh, kind of have some dead birds. Uh, some people keep some tennis balls in a sack full of feathers or something like that to kind of send them up real good. Uh, but you're placing these objects out into a dark area and uh, then sending the dog after it. And so it really re- makes them rely on their nose and uh, use their brain and search out an area. And, uh, you know, it's a dark field, so there's no eyesight. And they're really just learning to search with their nose. And, uh so yeah, I did that, and uh, I thought that was a good, good example because I was talking to a guy this week about that. He was wanting to know how he could get more reps in during uh, this time of year when he got off work and it was already dark. And I told him this, and 
he shot me a couple of videos of him doing it and um, the dogs have fun man it's an easy way to get some quick exercise in and uh, really work their nose and work their brain a little bit during the week yeah probably helped you out a little bit this weekend yeah i saw you kick it cooking up those uh those ducks so Oh yeah, I'm about to eat eat it right now. It's another reason to shut this intro off because I I had them on the grill or the Traeger for five hours smoking. Ooh, so ooh. yeah, and you've got a pregnant uh, wife. So yeah, we gotta let you go. <laughs> yeah, and oh, another quick quick tip, man. If your wife is pregnant, you definitely need to have your dog force fetch because right now it really comes in handy with everything she keeps dropping on the floor. She just has Lucy go pick it up for her and bring it to her. She's loving that. Or if you've, or if you got a, a week old and you can't get off the couch cause you don't want to wake him up, that would be very helpful too, but I have a setter. <laughs> so, <laughs> well on that note, guys, uh, typical stuff, you know, Facebook, Instagram, gun dog yourself, follow us, uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button and, and download the episodes and share with a friend. Uh, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash gun dog yourself. And, uh, remember to rate review and, uh, yeah. Anything else, Joe? Did I, I miss anything? No, I think that's it. All right, guys, we'll check back next week. See you. Picture this. You just finished a long day's hunt or a long day in the training field grooming your next champion. You've run through your entire string of dogs in anticipation for the next fall. You think the day's over. It's not, though. Your day's not over until you let that ugly dog hunt. No hunting or training session is complete without capping it off with one of the spirits from Ugly Dog Distillery. They're Michigan-raised and purebred handcrafted spirits. They have everything you need from vodka and gin to your more traditional after-hunt choice Kentucky bourbon. Head on over to UglyDogDistillery.com to check availability within your state. And if you have an upcoming event that's alcohol-friendly, then be sure to reach out to us and see if we can add another Ugly Dog to the lineup. We'll tell you right now, we aren't much on flavored whiskeys, but you have to try their peanut butter whiskey. Unlike other peanut butter whiskeys out there, Ugly Dogs is made with real Kentucky bourbon and not just grain alcohol with syrup. So after your next hunt or a long day of testing and you're trying to decide what to drink, reach for the bottle with Ruger, the German wire hair pointer on it. It was handcrafted by people just like us, dog people. Every adventure starts somewhere. Make sure yours includes an ugly dog at your side. Explore responsibly. If you're currently in the market for a kennel, then be sure to check out Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels is the only kennel that's five-star crash rated from the Center for Pet Safety. The double-wall rotomodal construction ensures it holds up in all types of weather and conditions. Also, Gunner Kennels has a lifetime warranty. These kennels are built to last a lifetime, and Gunner stands behind that. Gunner also has all the accessories you could need from fan kits to help keep them cool, performance and orthopedic pads to help keep them comfortable and ready to go after long travels, and even tie-down straps to help ensure there's no worries for the kennel moving or sliding around in your truck. So if you need man's best kennel for man's best friend, head on over to gundogityourself.com and click on the Gunner link. Be sure to purchase your kennel, accessories, and even gift cards for holidays and birthdays through our link and it will go a long way in helping out the podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another week of GDIY. This week we have Roland Blanding on the line. Roland, how you doing this evening? Hey, I'm doing great. Living the dream, as you say. <laughs> as always. Well, I'm glad that we're uh, we're finally able to make this happen. You know, we've kind of talked for a while about trying to find a topic to to get you on and talk about, and uh, we were hoping to do it in person this weekend. But uh, with everything going on in this world, with with the virus and all kinds of crazy stuff, it just didn't work out this weekend. 
Yeah, unfortunately it didn't, but um, you know, I'll be glad to to get up and and visit with you and Pam as as soon as I get a chance. Oh yeah, it it'll happen. Well, for uh, everybody that don't doesn't know you, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell tell them a little bit about you and where you live and what dogs you have and all that fun stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, my name's Roland Blanding. Uh, I live uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we also own a uh, small property down in Talbot County, Georgia, uh, that we, you know, that we love, that we use for training. It has a small pond on it, um, and you know, some acreage for for training the dogs. Um, I have uh, two dogs currently: uh, a seven, eight month old uh, Wamarana named Trey, um, and a almost four year old wire-haired Vishla named Deuce. Uh, and unfortunately, we lost Ace, uh, if you can catch the names, in January of this year. Hmm. So, Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – so you lost one dog. I know that you, then you uh, you got Trey, and so you've been hand, dealing with uh, bringing up a pup, and then you, you had some issues with Deuce throughout year, the year. You've kind of had an interesting year uh, so far, and it kind of concluded with you taking kind of a – a uh, dream trip that you've been looking forward to for a while, but, uh, you know, walk us through how crazy 2020 has been for you real quick. Recap the year for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, 2020 is, you know, of course we, we've all been affected as, as everyone else has been by COVID. Um, I, I turned 50 this year. So it was kind of a, uh, you know, a milestone, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in addition to that, again, we got Trey, the new pup, um, and, uh, I was uh, caught up, uh, after working for a company for about 25 years, uh, in a, in a COVID layoff, um, then, you know, the summer as well. And so, you know, I thought about it, um, and I went to actually drove up to Michigan. Trey is out of, uh, Mindy Brown, um, is the breeder. Um, but Camille Rice, it, it's her line. So Timber Doodle, Wamaraners, um, pretty well known NAVDA um, uh, and AKC um, uh, Wamaraner lines out of out of Michigan. And so I drove up uh, to to get Trey uh, and Mindy and and Camille invited us to 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 come back in October. You know, in or around October to to you know hunt with the dogs. Uh, and so that sort of prompted me to, you know, hey, I have some time on my hands with COVID, uh, you know, the the job market, you know, over this, you know, fourth quarter or, you know, fall, you know, probably is, is uh, you know, not going to be all that great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I de- decided to take some savings and, and you know, some, some of the severance and, and take a drink truck. Nice. So. I love that. So you kind of get some crappy news and uh, your response is not to wallow in it, but kind of use it as an opportunity to where, hey, I got time. So let's go ahead and take a trip that I've been wanting to take for years at this point. Yep. So real quick, before we jump in the trip and kind of recap that, you mentioned you have a Weimariner, if I can talk, Weimariner and a Wirehair Vishla, you know, two of the uh, not not really the most common breeds in, in hunting dogs anymore, uh, especially with the Weimaraner, but Wirehair Vishlas, they're kind of on the on the trend upwards. You're seeing a little bit more of them, but what made you kind of go with both of those breeds? What were you looking for in particular with them? 
Well, uh, you know, I've uh, I was thinking about it today and kind of getting my head wrapping my head around our call here. Um, and you know, Trey is actually the fifth wine that I've owned in my life, actually. Okay. So, um, you know, my father, who is not a real big outdoors guy, um, you know, for some reason, when I was you know a young guy, you know, maybe thirteen, fourteen years old. Um, he brought home a Rama runner, um, named Eric, named Eric. Um, and, um, you know, we, he was our, he was a family dog. He did not live in the house. He lived outside, but you know, he was my puppy and my dog. So I grew up with, with, with Eric, um, uh, for a year or so his testicles never didn't drop. So we ended up taking him back to the breeder and getting a second, uh, dog named Franz, um, and he was my uh, dog until uh, really until I left to go to college. He died just before I left to go to college. Um, never hunted with him, uh, you know, or or or, or anything. Um, and uh, went to college, came back, got out of school, um, and and started working. And I wanted a dog, so I started researching, you know, locally local breeders here in Atlanta for another wine because I just you know sort of like them. And and um, uh, ended up getting a dog named Sega. And I can tell you, Nick, uh, you know, I was not playing the Navda game. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. do, um, you know, I did his junior hunter. I didn't even take him to senior hunter. But I, I'll, I'll tell you. Sega, the third one uh, that I had, I wish that I had that dog right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, he was, I mean, you know, when I think back on it, I mean, he was just incredible. We we would go, you know, for instance, we'd go out to this particular place we had access to on Lake Lanier, and this dog would bring geese back to you. You know, he'd disappear, disappear and come trotting, trotting back to you with a, ge- with a goose in his mouth. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you wouldn't shoot the goose. He would just go find a goose and say, you know, he'd take it into his own hands. Yeah, and- <laughs> he, was, you know, he was talking about duck search, right? So um, Yeah, no kidding. Um, but, you know, he was a water dog um, and, uh, you know, just a, a great, great companion, um, you know, uh, and, and actually helped me raise my sons. Um uh, and then I decided, I mean, I, you know, sort of got into, you know, I, I could tell the story about what kind of got me into bird dogs, but, um, you know, I decided that I want, wanted a hunting uh, wine uh, and end up getting Ace out of a, a kennel out in, in Iowa, um, you know, shortly after, you know, moving after Sega died. Um, and I was specifically looking for, you know, hunting lines um, and, uh, and, you know, so that's sort of started the story when I um, took Ace to do his um, AKC junior hunter test. Uh, one of the judges suggested that I, uh, you know, think about NAVDA and uh, connected me with the Mid-South NAV- NAVDA chapter. And Chuck Royal uh, at that time was the president. And, um, you know, I could tell that story, too. But um, so uh so with the wine, I don't know if I answered your questions, but I, I've always had wines, and I, I think people that know them um, and and have them, it's like kind of once you have a wine, you always kind of have a wine. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I've I've now had the privilege of seeing a few in the field that uh, you know they're 
they're good hunting dogs, but it's, it's unfortunately getting, it's, it's very hard to find a good field bred Weimaraner. So you really just don't see that many of them that are uh, capable and bred to do what we love to do. And so it's like, when you really do get to see one of those gray ghosts really do what they were originally bred to do way back in the day, it's, it, it's really enjoyable to watch them. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, they are, um, you know, they're very, very interesting, you know, interesting dog. I, I joke with people, um, you know, that are sort of in the wine community. And, you know, when it comes to training a wine, it's more like you have, you have a conversation than giving commands. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know, they, um, they, they kind of, you know, they're sort of hard headed like a, sh- a short hair can be, but, but it's, it's, it's just really odd. I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's an odd, odd thing, but they are beautiful to watch in the field. Um, you know, we have a couple of, uh, you know, well-established lines that are NAVDA lines. I actually got, um, I actually started um, interacting with Camille, I don't know, maybe almost 10 years ago. Um, and Julie Blaylock, I don't know if she's been on your show, but uh, she's, I don't know if she's been on Ron's show. Um, but yeah, those are, there are two NAVDA lines and they started a, a, a website kind of chat room some years ago that may be defunct now, but it was called the hunting wine Alliance. Um, and uh, you know, particularly uh, I think it's silver shot. I I might be wrong, but, um, and then timber doodle, um, and, and particularly those two lines actually have, uh, versatile champions. Um, and, um, you know, I was at Camille's place. I mean, she has now the breeder, breeder, breeder awards, um, you know, prize one dogs, prize two dogs. I mean, so, um, you know, certainly, um, I think Mindy, uh, Brown or, um, you know, Sega, Sega's, not Sega, um, Trey's, uh, mother is actually a, a, a prize one, uh, okay. dog, uh, and, and his father is actually a, a, um, a master hunter, uh, you know, as well. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so there, there are, I mean, a, a bit hard to find. Um, I would, I would agree, but they're certainly out there. Yeah, for sure. So, so you're a wine guy first, but you know, you have your wire hair, Vishla Deuce and, and I love Deuce. I think anybody who's ever been around Deuce, <laughs> it, it, they just, he's, he's just a really neat dog. What made, did you, were you just kind of looking for a change of pace, want to try something new? And so you, uh, went, went the wire hair Vishla route. Well, I mean, and, and in, in all honesty, I, so when, when I got the, um, wine from, from the breeder out in, in Iowa, uh, Ace. Um, and, you know, Ace was a great dog. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I was and still am less of a trainer than I should be. Um, we all are. Yeah. But, um, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, overjoyed with the amount of point that he came with. Um, you know, he's, you know, Ace is a really great dog, really good family dog, actually a pretty good gun dog later, but, you know, some of the, some of the style that we're looking for, I hate to say style, but some of the, you know, drive, some of the, um, genetics that we were looking for, he just didn't have qualities. qualities. And, you know, so I, you know, having been, um, you know, in the AC around the AKC for a while, I I knew that there were some nice Vishlas out there, um, you know, who sort of have a same sort of quality as, as the Wamarana. Um, and, you know, so I was researching, you know, I had a, couple of breeders that I, people that I knew and breeders that I was looking at. And, 
um, you know, I was ended up looking online just for breeders and, and I ran into Zold Molly, um, which is, uh, uh, the kennel that, that Deuce comes from. Um, uh, and Sophia Mychek, uh, who is, is the breeder, um, she actually has, uh, you know, quite a few dogs. A lot of the dogs that are wirehead visualists that are here in America, um, a lot of them are tied to her lines. Uh, but, you know, I watched the videos of her, of, of her dogs, and, and I was just really impressed. So um, I, I felt very much like um, if I got a dog from her, that it would come with the genetics that I was looking for and reached out, yeah. reached out to her and sent her an email. And I think she responded to me within six or seven hours. And, um, you know, we worked uh, over the course of maybe a year and a half, two years um, to, to find the right litter um, that she felt like was good for me. I mean, she would you know, send me a Facebook chat or, and emails that, Hey, Roland, I got this litter coming. I think you might like it. And, uh, and I was trying, and I was trying to wait actually until I was ready, uh, in, you know, in my, in my life to, to get another dog. But yeah, I mean, I, I Deuce is actually, he's a great dog. Um, he has a great personality. He, he's certainly, um, talented, easy to train, um, you know, fun to, fun to be in the field with. Yep, and and you actually ran the UPT with him this past spring, uh, and and he did pretty good on that. Are you uh, hoping to run him in utility next year? Is that still the goal, or you're, or uh, just focusing on hunting right now? And you'll decide that later. Yeah, well, I mean, you were you mentioned earlier that we had some um, you know some issues um, before the trip. So before you know, I plan to leave uh, on this trip around the first of October. Um, and about eight weeks before that, you know, I was running some duck searches at the pond with, with deuce, um, and duck searches that two duck searches that turned into duck chases that, (laughs) you know, that I ended up having to shoot the duck. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so boom, shoot, you know, it happens twice. You know, he, he brings the the duck to me to hand and he's just, you know, really revved up, revved up. Yep. And we have some stairs on the front of the cabin down there that don't have a kick plate. And okay. he was running full speed. Uh, Carl was calling him into the house. He was running full speed. Of course, he's soaking wet, feet are wet, foot slides between the stairs. And he literally comes within like a centimeter of snapping his right, uh, his right um, wrist in half, you know? Um, oh man. So, <clears throat> So he was, you know, so he's, he was down, um, you know, for that six or eight weeks. Um, by the time we left to go on the, the trip, he was just literally just now putting weight on it, uh, putting full weight on it. And so long story short with the trip, um, that we took and with his injury, uh, you know, our training has just taken a, um, a big hit. So probably yeah. will not try to do utility with him. There's some things that we need to work on. Um, you know, uh, and of course, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you guys are pretty, pretty good with your finished dogs there, but you know, when you, when you hunt, <laughs> you know, wild birds, they teach the dog, but it's also not training. Right. So you can kind of st- steadiness, you know, for instance, to the, you know, to the fall, for instance, you know, yeah. um, you know, it kind of goes out of the window. So we, maybe yep. 
took some strides forward and we can talk about that, but took some t- strides backwards. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and also on your trip, you know, it's kind of like what you said right before it is, he was just kind of putting weight on it. So really it was kind of a, just a pleasure hunting trip, but also kind of a rehab trip for him as well. Just kind of work them back into shape slowly, but surely. And then, uh, you know, you can, you can get back to your training next, next spring, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, and, 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 and hopefully, well, we're, we're, we're starting now, um, you know, working on some things, but, but yeah, uh, maybe by the, the fall next year, um, you know, we'll be ready to do utility, but, you know, I'll tell you, he did work himself, you know, sort of back into, into shape. Um, but then, you know, we, we were on the road for about six or seven weeks and, and he was a rack of bones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, by yeah. the end of it. I mean, so it's oh, kind of feeling back out now. But yeah, um, some dogs, man, it's like after just one week hunting trip, they come back and it's just like, holy crap. They just look like they haven't eaten in a month. I can only imagine what dogs look like after, after that long of a trip. Yeah. So, let, let's go ahead and jump on into the trip. You know, like we already talked about, you you, you had some uh, a COVID layoff, and instead of, you know, getting upset or, or whatever, you looked at it as an opportunity, and you had the invitation from Mindy up in Michigan, uh, and you started kind of planning out this trip. So where was your head at? You know, what was your goal? It was just kind of hit as many states and many as many species as you can, or did you kind of have a uh, – specific targets in mind as you kind of laid out this dream trip of yours? Well, I mean, so, um, we started, I started off in, in New Hampshire. Well, headed towards New Hampshire. I, I hunted last year with Leon and Chris Harry, um, yeah. who are both now members. Well, Leon's just moved down. He's your neighbor now in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and, and Chris is, you know, close to me here and, and, in Georgia. Um, and last year, Chris and his dad invited me to go on, you know, their annual grouse camp up to, um, Pittsburgh, New Hampshire. Okay. Um, and you know, I was fortunate, fortunate enough to have them invite me to come back this year. So I had to answer your questions. I had some, um, some destinations, uh, that were scheduled, uh, and then, uh, you know, the things came up on the trip where folks invited me to go and, and, you know, do some augmented stuff. And, and, um, so my, my plan, uh, initially was to, uh, go up to New Hampshire, go over to Michigan, uh, and then, uh, go on Ronnie Bames hunt out in South Dakota. Um, and then, you know, sort of do whatever hunting I could find, you know, between those trips. Yeah. So, so you pretty much had a few main targets and then just kind of filling in the gaps uh, whenever and wherever you could and just kind of let, let your mood take you pretty much. If I want to go here and hunt that, I'm going to go, man, I would love to be able to do that. Just like hit the road and be like, all right, well, I feel like going here today or chase that or, you know, hunt that that'd be freaking awesome. So. So you said you're starting out in New Hampshire. I'm assuming that's, you know, you said it's grouse camp. So how did that go? You know, what walk us through uh, just going up there to meet up with Chris and Leon and have fun. And, how you know, how did it go? Did you all have any success up there? Well, it, well, it, was, it was great. Actually, you know, we I'll, I'll step back a little bit. We recorded a podcast um, later in South Dakota on the Hunting Dog podcast with Ron Bame. And I mentioned that. 
you know, on that podcast, I sort of had a NAVDA sponsored romp around the country. Yeah. And, and so I, I want to be clear here that, you know, NAVDA as an organization had nothing at all to do with the trip. You know, um, I just so happened to have, uh, have had the opportunity to meet some really great people through NAVDA. Yeah. Through NAVDA. Um, yeah. and, um, so when I left Georgia, um, actually the weekend before I left, I spent the weekend with, um, <clears throat> with, uh, Margaret Ann and Karen Krauts, Margaret Ann Tom Thompson and Karen Krauts. We had a little training weekend just to kind of, um, put some birds in front of Trey. Um, uh, and they were nice enough to have me out. Um, and then the following weekend when I left, um, Steve Greger, who's a judge now to judge and a, and a, and a great friend, um, invited me to, uh, he and white, his wife invited me to come up to, to their place just as a, just to break the drive up to New Hampshire. So I drove the seven or so hours up to his place and, and, um, you know, stayed with he and white and, um, uh, we didn't hunt or anything. Uh, we just, you know, it was great to spend time with him. Just a quick visit. Yeah. Yeah. Just a quick visit. It was unfortunate. Um, last year, uh, two years ago, I guess now, uh, Steve invited my wife and I to come up to this place for annual, uh, pig roast that they have. Uh, and Deuce and his dog Chica that, um, comes out of the vetter's lines, uh, were both the same age. She's a little short hair and she and Deuce just kind of hit it off, ran around the whole place, you know, swam around the pond, chased each other. Yeah. And she was, you know, beautiful little dog. I mean, I, I would always tell uh, Steve that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to watch out. I'm going to put it in the car when I leave. <laughs> um, and so I, I got there and I, you know, we're sitting there talking and I said, where's my girlfriend? And, Unfortunately, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but, but he had just recently lost Chica. Oh man. Um, and you know, it was pretty cool. I mean, Steve's a great guy. Uh, White's sister sent them a, a Magnolia tree and, and, um, they were kind enough to let me participate in, you know, kind of planting that tree in, in memory of Chica okay. there. And I just want to remember, uh, you know, to, to mention that uh, yeah. but white white and steve are, are great people and i'm fortunate to you know have them as friends absolutely yeah um but then uh we get up to new hampshire um i before i got into um you know as an adult into bird dogs i actually did um some quite a bit of fly fishing um you know we have you know, here in Atlanta, actually, the Chattahoochee River shed, shed is actually one of the, um, you know, one of the nicest trout rivers in, 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 in America, actually. So I spent a lot of time on the Chattahoochee trout fishing. And I, last year when I went uh, to New Hampshire with, um, with the Harrys, I realized that I was traversing and passing up trout streams that people um, literally, you know, pack up their cars and drive to. Yeah. The, the streams <laughs> that they dream about pretty much. Yeah. And dream yeah. streams. So I, I went up to, I went up a day early um, uh, with, with my dogs and, you know, I let them run, but I, you know, intended to just go and, and do some trout fishing, um, yeah. some fly fishing. And so that, that was a lot of fun. I caught a couple of, you know, a couple of fish and, um, 
you know, let the dogs kind of get themselves broken in. Um, and then we, we hunted, um, New Hampshire, uh, Pittsburgh, New Hampshire is, I I mean, it's just so beautiful up there. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of mountainous. Um, and you know, the, the North woods are just, you know, as you know, are, are just so beautiful. Grouse numbers were great this year. Um, you know, I think there were six of us and I think we, you know, I counted, I think we may have quote moved like 75 or 80 birds, you know, over the five days. Um, and, and I think, the, I think the count ended up being like 20, 20 or so grouse and woodcock that we took. Nice. Um, I mean, so the, the, you know, the, the, the hunting was just, you know, excellent this year. Well, how did the dogs handle the grouse up there, especially uh, Trey with being at his first season on grouse? You did a warm-up session with Karen prior to going. You know, what was he like? Did it, did he kind of do like all dogs and kind of just piece it together? Every single bird contact he got, he kind of learned a little bit more, and you, you could kind of see the bird dog develop? Yeah, I mean, you know, so, you know, he's used to being with Deuce, and so Trey is, and so, you know, he started off the trip sort of still trailing him, you know, wherever Deuce went, he was just trailing him pretty much, Uh, because he was young, I mean, he's, you know, he was, I don't know, five months then, you know, Um, and what we saw develop out of him, what I I saw develop out of Trey over the course of, of the trip, um, I mean, his, his search just improved in intent and, and, and was super intense. Um, and, you know, so I kind of started off the trip with a, with a hurt sort of dog and a puppy that was trailing him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, by the time we left New Hampshire, uh, to be honest with you, after that week, you know, I, I had two dogs down on the ground, you know, um, that were, were covering ground. So nice. he, he had great bird contacts. Uh, he, he would get better, better bird contacts later. Um, you know, but we, in, in many cases I was hunting with, you know, either a couple of other people or, you know, one or, or you know, or another person. And so uh, oftentimes Trey stayed in the truck mostly until, um, you know, I, and I go give him 30 minutes or 45 minutes yeah. after we got done hunting because you, get a little you don't want to blow, blow everybody's hunt out yeah. with the puppy, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's a little easier when you you can concentrate on the puppy, you know, especially on the first few bird contacts. You you have a lot to learn by watching the dog and, and you have just as much to learn about that dog as that dog has to learn about birds. Right. So. Oh, yeah. So it, it's hard to learn about your dog and your puppy and just being able to pick up on their behaviors. If there's other dogs or people around, it's, it's, it's always a little bit easier and more beneficial in my opinion to to have a little bit of one-on-one time with that. Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, it sounds like you had a, a nice little grouse trip up in New Hampshire with some friends and everything, put some birds in the bag, kind of had some bird exposure for the pup and getting deuce back in shape. So, you know, when, you, when grouse camp wrapped up in New Hampshire, where was the next stop for you? Well, uh, you know, so we were leaving, um, Al Watson, who's another NAVDA guy. Um, uh, actually he has, uh, Drothars, um, and, uh, one of them is a VC. So I had a chance to hunt behind hunt with, uh, his, his VC on grouse. And I just want to mention that this dog was incredible for the first dog I've ever hunted with that handled grouse, um, you know, help point 
in, in enough distance for you to be able to get up there and flush the bird. Yeah. Uh, it was just incredible to watch, you know? Um, so, uh, Al in, invited me to come down for the duck opener in New York. Um, and that wasn't, you know, part of what, what I planned to do. And, and, uh, he's like, Hey, why don't you, why don't you come down? And, and, you know, we have this really, really nice little, little spot. Um, uh, and you know, I think you'll love it. So we were just North of, of Albany, uh, uh, on the Hudson. Um, and you know, he, he was exactly right. They had this beautiful little duck hole there that was maybe 60 yards. If that, you know, uh, with tons of reeds and everything else. And, you know, we did a nice little duck hunt. Um, you know, didn't take Trey, left him in the truck, took deuce. Um, and, you know, I think we killed about 18 ducks, a bunch of teal, um, a couple of woodcock, I mean, excuse me, a couple of woodies and, and uh, a couple of mallards. And, and so that was a, that was a lot of fun and it was good for deuce um, because, you know, we struggled in UPT to get them out and going away from me on the duck search because I'm a horrible uh, trainer, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but he, um, you know, it, 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 it turned out to be very, very good for him um and uh and, and an enjoyable hunt i mean I, I actually ran out of ammunition so nice um, so, yeah so, it was so, good. so was that deuce's like real duck hunt that like his first real duck hunt or have you done duck hunts with him in the past um there's a, a preserve around here in georgia um that i've taken him to a couple of times um and it, Actually, it's a pretty good reserve. I mean, it, it's it's about as close. I can't recall the name right now, but it's it's about as close to real duck hunting as you can get. Okay. I mean, I mean you're 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 in a blind. You know, the ducks are released, and they come and go to the same spot to feed. You know, every day, and and so, uh, you know, long story short, yeah. I mean, so it wasn't his first um, duck hunt, uh, but it was his first wild bird duck hunt yeah and and so it was really good and i'll be perfectly honest i've i've never even done a duck preserve hunt uh i honestly didn't even realize that there were duck preserves uh until about a year or so ago i guess and it and it came from helping out the chapter down at the uh georgia test and i went out there i'm like man why are all these ducks out here and they're like it's a it's a duck preserve i'm like Oh, oh yeah. okay. Uh, I didn't even really realize that was a thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the wild ducks is a little different, but I, you know, so deuce, it was, he, what, how did he do in the blind? Was he at a place command, you know, kind of walk us through the setup in the duck blind and how he did with it being his real first duck hunt, like how steady was he and what was your kind of goals through all of it? Yeah. Well, you know, you know, luckily, and you know, I mean, Deuce is pretty, um, you know, obedience is, yeah. you know, pretty obedient dog. So, um, but he has a hell of a lot of duck drive. So, um, the, our setup, we weren't really in a blind. We were actually sitting on top, um, of a, of a, um, beaver mound. Okay. Um, you know, that was, you know, kind of, you know, we put some cover out there so the ducks couldn't see us. Yeah. Um, and I basically had him on the Jaeger. Um, because, you know, I wanted to make sure that he wasn't taking retrieves from the other dog, um, that was with us. Um, and I, I realized later, well, shortly after the hunt started, this probably wasn't the best thing because I think he kept getting corrected. 
<laughs> you know, after trying to go. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I ended up, uh, you know, just taking the Jaeger off of him and, and, you know, holding his collar and making sure that we, uh, you know, sent the dogs, uh, you know, never sent them both at the same time, but we did, well, we did send them out for searches, but, um, you know, just so he's not, didn't, didn't overtake the, the other dogs on or on, on retreat, but yeah, I mean, he, he has great duck drive and, and, you know, I mean, he's, he loves gunfire, so when the gun when the gun goes off, he's he's looking for something to put in his face. <laughs> I tell you, so. <laughs> man, it, it's it's like this morning, you know, when you're supposed to come up here. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen again. But uh, you know, I, I went out there and we did the first duck hunt out here on my property, and it was Lucy's first duck hunt out of a blind, and uh, it, it it's really kind of high up. I have a ramp going out, and I mean, it, it's it's pretty high up, uh, and so it was one of those. I really kind of needed a second person there so that I could put the gun down and concentrate on her to practice the steadiness and, and manners for one day when we have another dog. But with it just being me, you know, it's like, well, it's her first time in the blind. So I want to make it as fun as possible. And so like, I wasn't really doing any corrections, but man, it's like, as soon as I fired on that duck, she was out the door she was gone and i'm like man i (laughs) I wish i could shoot and control her at the same time but you know to your point when you have multiple people in the blind you you can kind of have that opportunity to be able to work on on both really yeah i mean it 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 is very difficult to shoot and manage the dog at the same time especially when when they're learning and um so yeah i mean i you know get on the preserve hunt that we uh, would go on, you know, I would either have my sons or, you know, uh, friends with us and I, I would not even pick up the gun. Yeah. You know, I was, I would just be, you know, sitting there holding, holding the dog, trying to get them to. And that's really what it takes. You know, it, mm-hmm. a lot of people have a hard time, uh, w- sacrificing shooting at the bird to, uh, focus on your dog. But I mean, you've seen Lucy, you know, she's, She's utility tested. She's got this steady by blind sequence through NAVDA and she's also place trained, but it's not the same. Every environment's different. So she didn't associate the place and the blind the same way because I haven't really had a chance to overlap the training. And, you know, the steadiness by blind sequence is not the exact same thing as an actual duck inside of that actual duck blind with a dog ramp and everything. So it's it's all even though that you have good steadiness in certain environments, you have to work on it with every new environment. So it's always interesting uh, hearing perspectives from people introducing their dog to new, new deals and Sounds like Deuce, you know, just went right with it, even though he was on a, a beaver blind for the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He, you know, he did well. I mean, I certainly would would like for it to improve, but I mean, I was it was a it was an awesome hunt, and just to have him, yeah, uh, geek to retrieve yep. was was good. Well, what 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 was up next? You know, you you get done <laughs> yeah. in New York. Where are you headed now? So I, I left New York and then headed over to um, headed over to Michigan. Uh, Mindy, uh, was, went to spend time with her, with her father. And so it was just Camille and I, um, uh, at her place. And she has a beautiful little place in Western Michigan. Um, you know, about 60 acres, 60 or 80 acres or so, um, where she does, uh, most of her training. She, you know, really sort of runs the, um, you know, the AKC, um, while we're on her club up in Michigan, 
Um, and, uh, you know, I went there and she, uh, you know, graciously allowed me to, to hunt her property. Uh, and uh, we put up quite a few, quite a few woodcock um, there on her property. I think we may have, you know, I think he's pointed and I shot and he retrieved, I think, two woodcock in that first day. Nice. Um, and, and that's where he really started to, I mean, his, his, his grouse game got a lot better this year than it was last year. Um, and you know, he, he really started to, to pin birds towards me. Yeah. So, um, so that was really nice. I mean, the, the, the two grouse that I shot, I mean, two woodcock on her property that I shot, uh, over him. Uh, oh wow, I missed part of the trip. I, um, uh, over him um, were birds that he actually got in front of, got around, pointed. You know, Garmin goes off, boom, bird gets up. Um, exactly how you think of it in your head, right? Yeah, nope. absolutely. Nope. I, you know, I, I I forget. I'm I'm so focused on on this trip, and I want to. I know we've kind of been on a long time, but actually, when I left um, the duck hunt. Uh, Dave Karitsky, who is, um, you know, kind of a well-known NAVDA guy as well, um, invited me to come up to, um, I think it was Malone, uh, New York, uh, to hunt on some some land that Dave actually sits on the Rough Grouse Society um, board. Um, and he invited me to come up um, and, and, and hunt on some property that they met hunt for grouse that the property is managed for grouse mm-hmm. invited me to come up. They have an annual hunt that they do every year. Um, and he invited me to come up after that hunt, um, you know, just to, to hunt grouse with him. Um, his friend, Bruce Bennett, who's, who also t- sits on the board, um, you know, they were gracious enough to have us there. Um, and I mean, you want to talk about, you know, an opportunity, um, it's about 400 acres of, of land that is specifically managed for grouse and woodcock. And, uh, you know, so you're not really like in Wisconsin or, or, you know, Michigan or, you know, up in New Hampshire, you're not really walking around looking for grouse covers, right? You're not looking, you're not walking around looking for that five or six year old, really, really tight woodcock cover or, you know, your six to eight year, um, you know, Aspen grouse cover because, you know, you know, they, they can pretty much put you, you know, in the, in the right covers. And, um, that actually, but so before we got to Michigan, I spent about three days there hunting with Dave. Um, and uh, that's really where the light bulb kind of clicked for Deuce mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of, of, of the grouse game. Um, and, you know, uh, he, he's certainly not a, I don't know that I could call him a grouse dog. <laughs> But, um, well, it's hard to make a grouse dog down here where we live because, I mean, you know, I don't care how many planted birds you put in a field. To make a grouse dog, your dog has to get on grouse. And where we live, while technically there are grouse out there, you know, when when you're hunting, 
and you're lucky to get, you know, single digit flushes throughout a season as opposed to throughout a day, it's very hard to develop these these dogs down here on grouse because rough grouse, you talked about it earlier, not every dog can pin a grouse and hold it for you to flush on a consistent basis. It's an art. They, they really learn after every grouse contact they have and they develop it from each and every wild bird that they come across. Yeah. I mean, what, 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 what Deuce eventually, you know, started to work out again was, was finding that scent, sort of getting himself in a position where he could get that bird up for me, um, you know, towards me. I mean, so I, that, that was, that was good. I mean, I would, I, you know, I don't know what covers, you know, you, you guys will find it, but it, it's really almost, um, and some of these covers just impossible to see your dog, you know, um, on point. So, you know, luckily, you know, Garmin or whatever, you know, I would, it would vibrate. I would know that he would, you know, that he was on point, you know, 30, 40 yards away from me this way, you know, and then, you know, Rouse gets up, <laughs> yep. Hope, yep. you know, you know, hopefully you, you get a shot and, you know, um, I just I, I love the, the the North Woods and and hunting grouse. I mean that that flush sound of a grouse in the woods is just it still startles. Yeah. Me oh man, it's uh, it gets me every time. It doesn't matter how many times you you see it or hear it. It's just it, it has the same result on me uh, as it does for everybody, really. Yeah. So I so I hunted New York and then drove over to Michigan. Um, and, you know, hunt it with Camille. Um, we did, um, you know, we hunted a, a couple of different properties with her, um, and, you know, mostly Woodcock, you know, I think we, it was odd. I mean, it was the middle of October or late October by the time I got there, but, you know, we heard drumming grouse actually, um, which was odd. I, I, I didn't know that they drummed that late yeah. in the year, but, um, never able to get on get get on uh i think maybe he has a, a good little wine that that is really a you know kind of grouse and woodcock dog that i think she got on one grouse but um you know that was you know fun hunting i uh, had a chance to do some training with uh trey um and she was just tickled pink because he you know she put a couple of birds out for him you know he goes a couple of chucker he goes and locks up on it and really stylish point and you know gives her a chance to get in front of him to flush it and um you know that was yeah, really does really, his thing really nice for her yeah so yeah. it's good and um we but you know you were talking about hunting wines you know I, I had the opportunity um a guy named Anders Garner his his father uh started the a TV show called Michigan Outdoors for the people that may be familiar with that um, and Anders' son invited me, um, invited us to come out, uh, for a, they, they do a charity, um, pheasant tower shoot, uh, every year. And they invited us to come out and, you know, sort of do an after cleanup hunt with them after the tower shoot. And, you know, again, Camille must've really, I know she really got a kick out of this. Um, you know, we, is sort of a driven, you know, hunt through the fields to clean up the, the, the yep. pheasants. And, uh, I think, you know, we, they, they had five worms, not Trey, but five worms on the ground. Um, and consistent 
consistently slamming points, backing, retrieving the hand. I mean, just great, great dog work. And it was really cool to be there with the breeder. They weren't, you know, these were dogs that, um, for people that she had given, you know, uh, sold puppies to. And it was particularly, you know, uh, interesting and, and fun to be there with the breeder to see that kind of dog work from um, a group of mom around us. It was pretty incredible, yeah. incredible, actually. Absolutely. So, so you, it's, I mean, so far, you know, you've done a lot of grouse and woodcock hunting, but you've worked in duck hunting and now you've worked in a pheasant uh, tower shoot and everything. It, so, I mean, the, the, the variety is kind of building up on this. So what, what other, after you leave Mindy's in Michigan, where did you head to next? And did you change up the species and what you're chasing? Yeah. So, um, after I left, um, you know, after I left uh, Michigan, we ended up, I started headed, heading towards White Lake Hunting Lodge in South Dakota, um, where, uh, Ron Bain, you know, has done his hunt for a couple of years. Uh, and, and that was a lot of fun. So we ended up, um, and, and that was driven pheasant shooting. Um, I did stop and do uh, on the way there. I stopped at a couple of wildlife management areas. I actually went through you uh, giving me, Oh, actually, I was going to ask if you went to the spot I sent you in Wisconsin, you know what I, I didn't. And, and again, I did some more grouse hunting. Uh, I actually got invited by Anders again to go up to, they have a cabin up in the upper peninsula okay um and so i took the dogs up there that was really fun hunting we, we put up i don't know about 10 or 12 grouse in one day uh up there um and so when i left there because i took that trip i needed to get over to south dakota so i wasn't able to stop at the stop at the spot that you gave me in, in wisconsin gotcha um but i did go through wisconsin through the north woods of wisconsin actually um you know, coming out of the Upper Peninsula, yeah. uh, and you know, I, I I think I really like to go and, and and do some grouse hunting in in Wisconsin. It's a little bit flatter than New Hampshire, it seems. Yeah, um, and it just looks like it might be it it, it might be fun. So it is. Uh, I, I, I'll I like tell you, it, it is. <laughs> we'll have to go. <laughs> yeah. So I, I left there, went over to uh, you know, I stopped and and at a at a uh, wildlife management area uh in 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 south dakota um to try and chase some sharp tails yeah um and you know we you know we were putting up birds but you know a couple of times but they were getting up way way out in front of yeah, us sharpies are known man especially after the season's been going for a while they're they're real flighty birds they're known for you crest a hill and you're seeing them flush over across the next hill yeah Yep. And so we had that experience and then I, you know, got to White Lake and, and, um, you know, and, 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 you know, did Ron, Ronnie's hunt, which is, you know, a, a driven, uh, pheasant shoot. It was a little bit more, um, it, it was, it was different than the tower cleanup. I mean, you know, the folks out at White Lake, Casey and Corey, they, they run a top notch, uh, program out there. Uh, you know, they have, you know, eight or 10 different properties that they, uh, take their clients to, um, you know, generally, you know, millet, tall grass, you know, and, and so forth. Yeah. So there, they are tons of pheasants. Um, and, you know, I, and I, for, for the most part, with the exception of one day, 
Um, you know, as far as the driven hunt is concerned, I left Deuce in the truck. I mean, he was he was pretty skinny, um, <laughs> pretty skinny by then. Um, but that that was good. Um, you know, again, Navda connection. Um, Nate um, Martinson uh, actually, uh, you know, uses his dogs for that particular, um, you know, for that particular Style uh, hunt. Lot, well, no, for that lodge, okay. and I um. I met Nate uh, and his wife uh, when in, in, in Ohio, I went and volunteered at the Invitational in Ohio a couple of years ago. And Nate and his wife were, um, Jenny, they were like one of the first people that I met. I was there by myself. They were really nice. Um, and Nate actually got, a VC, and I think it's Winnie is the dog's name, um, VC that year. And I was actually sitting at their, you know, at a table with them when um, they got the versatile championship. Um, and they was, you know, so emotional. And I, I, I'm, I'm so appreciative of the fact that I was encouraged to go volunteer at the Invitational because it really gave me an idea of what that really means. I mean, you know, how much work goes into it, how emotional people are. Um, and so forth. But it's really interesting. The reason I tell that story is I got a chance to hunt over that dog that got the VC that day um, out at White Lake Lodge. And that was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, really cool. Yeah. So I've never actually had the benefit of doing a uh, pheasant drive hunt. It's intriguing. But like I said, it, it, it really is kind of a different type of uh, hunt that what than what we're really normal or, or used to doing on, uh, on the average hunter side of things. Uh, but once you wrapped up Ronnie's trip with the, with the pheasant drive and in South Dakota, did you, did you have any other stops or are you headed home at this point? Yeah, well, I, 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 that's where I sort of made the turn, uh, to come back home. Um, you know, I just want to say before we move, move away from the South Dakota trip that, you know, Ron Bame is a great host of that trip and, and a really great guy for those folks that listen to the hunting dog podcast and, you know, you know, kind of listen to Ron as, as, you know, this down the earth person, he is truly uh, exactly like that in person. And I just want to say thank you um, to him for uh, support, you know, for, for hosting us out there for yep. that trip. Yep. Um, but, you know, so I left, I left there, I uh, spent another day, um, uh, you know, kind of traipsing uh, a few um, wildlife management areas, trying to find sharp tails. Um, and then I, uh, Ended up going down to Nebraska, uh, and that was you know a lot of fun. Again, in the sand hills of Nebraska, uh, public land. Um, you know, I stopped, and when I got to Nebraska, I stopped and talked to the uh, local biologist, and he pointed out some places for me. Um, and so, I chase up, you know, went to chase sharptails in the in the sand hills. Um, didn't have a lot of luck there. Um, but I did, uh, end up taking a couple of pheas- pheasants on public land, um, awesome. you know, o- over deuce. And so, you know, these aren't, obviously weren't driven hunts. Yeah. Um, um, but actually deuce and trade, cause I, I ran them both. Um, uh, and that was, that was really nice. I mean, if you haven't hunted in the sand hills, it's interesting when I stopped at the little dive, ho- dive hotel near this wildlife management <laughs> area, they had a, there was a sign uh, not a sign. It was a little pamphlet. I guess there's a famous story about two little girls getting lost in the sand hills. Um, and you know, you wouldn't think, 
but you certainly, it's very easy uh, to get lost, um, you know, or get turned around uh, in the sand hills there. But, you know, thanks to Garmin, um, I, I eventually <laughs> ended up finding my truck. But, yeah, only if those little girls had Garmin, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I uh, hunted Nebraska uh, and then headed down one of the uh, uh, Evan Boyle who was one of the guys that was on the, on the trip with us in, in South Dakota invited me to come down to his ranch in Texas, uh, to, uh, hunt pigs. Oh, um, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So I drove down to Texas, um, Western Texas, uh, and, and hunted pigs for a day. And, and you get a you know, pig. That, uh, well, I shot at a pig. I think I hit it, but it, <laughs> we didn't recover it. Okay. Um, and, uh, wasn't a, and you know, we didn't blood track or anything, but I, I think maybe probably I shot under it, but, um, <clears throat> that was, a, you know, that was a lot of fun. You know, I'd never been, you know, sort of at a, at a West Texas ranch and that was a, you know, a lot of fun, but yeah. I, I, at that point we were, um, you know, just about ready to, to get home. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, uh, stopped in Dallas. I have a, my college roommate lives in Dallas. And so I went and spit a, spent a day or, uh, with him just to break up the drive from West, West Texas and, um, went down into Louisiana. I did, um, go down into Louisiana with the intention of, of hunting Woodcock, but the flight was not there. It's a little wildlife management area that another friend pointed out to me. Um, uh, and the flight wasn't in. So, um, I came on home, came on, came on home to Georgia, it, you know, ended up being a, you know, six or seven week, week, week trip. And, you know, the dogs learned a lot. I learned a lot. I put 8,000 miles on the truck. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun. Sounds like it, man. I would love to be able to do a six or seven week trip like that. I mean, it's just kind of living the dream really there. Uh, but I mean, you know what, what I find fascinating is I, I love talking to guys that take these big trips and dream trips because, you know, uh, we, we all have similar passions for this, you know, it, small little details everybody's a little different but overall they anybody that does this would love to just hop in the truck and hit the road with their dogs and go have fun for two months right uh but but really i mean out of all this and you can correct me if i'm wrong or or mistaken or you can even add to it but like i have three main takeaways from just listening to your trip and you talking and and really the first one is like I, i said earlier you took the opportunity that was presented to you to take the trip when you could. So it's like the opportunity presented itself. You didn't put it off and say, well, I'll do it one day or I'll do it next year or I'll do it after I find an, you know, replacement work or, or whatever. It's just like, Nope, I have the time. I'm going to go do this right now. And you never know if, when you're going to have the opportunity to do that again. And, And so many people delay that too much in my opinion. And, not everybody can go for two months, but if everybody's on the fence of doing, you know, that one week or two week trip, go do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, absolutely. I would, I would agree with that a hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I had an opportunity, you know, again, it was sort of a, you know, with everything that's going on this year, you know, having, you know, been laid off from a job that I've been working at for 25 years, um, turning 50, you know, all of those things just motivated me to just go ahead and do it now. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm glad that I did. I think the, 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 
you know, uh, that's what that, yes. I mean, certainly a, a do it now is a takeaway. Absolutely. And then the next thing, I mean, literally the, the most common trend through every single one of these stops was the friends and relationships that you've developed over the years and networking through common interested people, right? It's shared interests with people that you've met through NAVDA for, for many years. And it doesn't have to be NAVDA, but it's like I tell everybody that comes to our chapter, you kind of get out what you put into it. If you, if you show up to these events or training days and you don't help out, you don't get involved, you don't, you, if you're just a wallflower and you, you don't go seeking people and trying to talk to them, you miss out on this opportunity. I mean, you just did a six to seven week trip. And I think the only one that I heard that you did not have a connection with through NAVDA that you've met prior was Nebraska. It's, I think every other trip you said that you had a connection there and, and what other organization would you have connections throughout the entire country like that? I mean, you started in Georgia, went in the Northeast, the Midwest, and then down to Texas and then back again. And you had contacts in every single one of those areas. Well, you know, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I am, you know, I feel fortunate to be um, a member of, of NAVDA. Uh, and I think you're right. I mean, I, I was, you know, we have a great chapter. I've had some great mentors. You know, I've been encouraged to do things like, you know, go to the, go and volunteer at the Invitational. Well, a lot of the folks that, you know, that I've, you know, that I've talked about are people that I've met, for instance, volunteering at the Invitational or, yep. uh, you know, judges that I've met taking pictures during our test or, you know, cooking meals or, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know? Um, and, you know, the, the you know, adage about NAVDA is, is, is really true. I mean, uh, you know, I would encourage people, you know, you don't have to have six or eight weeks. Um, but you know, if you get involved, um, and, and, and really if you're going, you know, for instance, to Minnesota or to New Hampshire or New York, you know, look in the NAVDA directory and, and find a chapter and say, Hey, I'm coming up. Is there anybody that can help me out? And you would be surprised how people will love to, uh, you know, help folks that are passionate about the same things that they are. NAVDA is just a great organization. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure there are other organizations It doesn't have to be NAVDA. It's just get involved with, with some organization and and a group of like-minded individuals that share the common interests and it'll help you and your dog develop just, just like them. And I mean, you, you literally just got to spend two months on the road with, with your dogs and just catching up with old friends and always had a place to go hunt. And it, to me, it, without getting involved in some kind of organization or training program, you, you kind of miss out on that opportunity. And then absolutely. And, and then really kind of the last thing, I mean, we've talked about it a million times on this podcast and, and every time, but I mean, just the way you're talking about your dog and as you're going, figuring it out, figuring it out is literally wild bird is the best trainer for dogs. There is, I mean, it, it just, you're not going to find a better bird dog trainer than wild birds. And it, it just, you know, like you're saying at, at first, you know, the, the dogs were acting in a certain way. And then about halfway through the trip up in Michigan, you could really start seeing the dogs figuring it out and being able to handle these birds. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, this one thing, this trip has definitely solidified in me is, is, is that adage that, you know, wild birds, uh, will, will teach the dog. Um, and, 
you know, everybody doesn't have, you know, doesn't really have the opportunity to do that. But certainly what this trip taught me is, is, you know, that is, that is true. I mean, I don't think you can finish a dog just by putting them on wild birds. Um, you know, but certainly, um, both of these dogs that I have right now absolutely know what they're supposed to be doing right. <laughs> when we say, hey, when, when we, when I say find the birds, you know, they go. And, absolutely. um, it, it's really, really, it was really fun to watch them. Uh, grow. Well, I mean, th- those are really the three main takeaways that I have from just listening to this, to this long trip that you took. Was there anything mm-hmm. else that you wanted to highlight or, or one special lesson that you learned that, that I didn't pick up on just by listening to the story that you want to be sure that you touch on? No, I mean, I think we've, we've, we've covered a lot. Um, you know, um, I, you know, again, I've, you know, mentioned, you know, a lot of folks who, who hosted me and, and for any of them that happen to listen to this podcast, I just want to uh, give my gratitude to them for, for their kindness. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Roland, I, I really enjoyed listening to your trip. Uh, I was hoping that we got to do this in person so we we could drink a few beers and talk about it in person. Uh, but, you know, it is kind of what it is. It's 2020 is kind of the remote, remote year for everybody right now. So, uh, you know, I appreciate you making time and coming on and sharing your story, even though that uh, we, we had to kind of forego the uh, in-person uh, hunt and, and BS session. Yeah, well, we'll um, uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to do that, and I, and I really appreciate you having me, Nick. Absolutely. So, uh, well, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening to Roland's trip. Remember, if you have the opportunity and the time and money, uh, take the trip. Don't wait. Don't put it off to next year. Do it now. And uh, with that, I guess uh, we'll just talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again in a year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukanuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukanuba to help power their ultimate performance Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.